0: Hey guys. Hello. Hey guys. Oh. Oh, hello. Hey, Hugh, have you just gone really <laughs> early?
1: Hugh's a yeah. bit keen. Hello.
0: Yeah. I thought we were going. Hey there. Do we need to warn everybody that the. I did as
1: well. Run? Oh, okay. Well,
0: I think that's okay. Um, so. I think
1: Hugh thought the same as me that we'd bypassed preamble.
0: Ah, no, no. Oh, there's always time for preamble. It's kind of. There's
1: always time for a preamble.
0: It's the bit that's unscripted. <laughs> um, I, I love a preamble shall we get straight on with it though because we've got a lot to get through
1: yeah let's let's
2: you're listening to the Real Reading Podcast
1: I'm
0: Rachel Nemeth and I'm Tom Canning and welcome to episode 94 of the Real Reading Podcast. You can like us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod and you can search Real Reading Podcast Group to join us on Facebook which we'd really love to see you on. This week, our special guests are John Joe Warwick and Dave Moore, the men behind Are You Listening Festival, and they'll be talking about everything that's going on with their great event. That's the one that's spread over multiple venues across towns. Um, Like most events, they've had to postpone it, and they do have a new date, but they will be on later on to tell us all about it, which I'm really looking forward to. In the meantime, we've got all the usual features. Uh, I say usual, but we've changed the name of one of them. Um, We may change it back depending on, you know, week to week. We've got Rachel's Reading History uh, with Jeremy's brand new new sting. And he'll tell you that it's Rachel's Reading History when we're ready to go. Uh, And we've got a good old-fashioned bit of Fort Explains It All, which this week, Hugh,
3: is about... What the Royal Berkshire Hospital is doing to try to stem the coronavirus.
0: Oh, well, it's only taken—it's uh, only taken two minutes, and we've mentioned the big C word.
3: Yeah, sorry, sorry, everyone. That's all right. But it's a
0: good—it's a good story, isn't it? It's a good news Something
3: story. Something of a talking point.
0: <laughs> One that we can't get away from at the moment, unfortunately, or, or fortunately, you know, you know how these things go. So, okay. Uh, in the meantime, here is Jeremy with how you can get in touch with us.
2: Get in touch with the team. Email hello at RealReadingPodcast.co.uk. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at realreadingpod, And join our Facebook group by searching Real Reading Podcast.
0: Thank you, Jeremy. Uh, that was lovely. Jeremy's didn't done some new words for us. He's also put the correct email address in. So people, all those people that were trying to get in touch with us that couldn't can now get in touch with us, of which I know there were many. Um, <laughs> in the meantime, it's time for Rach's reading history.
2: Rach's reading history.
0: Rach, reading history time. What are we talking? About? We're trying to theme these yeah. episodes. So, what have you gone with? Which Which of the multitude of things that we spoke about have you gone with?
1: The Royal Berkshire Hospital. Oh,
0: RBH, the famous. We who was born in the Royal Bucks. It,
1: it was good timing. Oh we'll come on to that. Okay. But um it it was good timing because you mean I us? um I did, yes. Oh right. Oh I thought you meant famous people. No, no, no. But me. Not me. Not me.
0: Where were you born Oh, you?
3: I was born in Heatherwood.
0: Oh me too. Me too. Of a oh, certain I had the totally unnumbered. people of a certain vintage. <laughs>
3: I had the biggest head on the maternity ward in that <laughs> week in October 1981. <laughs> Proud.
1: Is that re- recorded somewhere? A, Ooh, a record.
3: Yeah. I boy with massive head born. <laughs>
0: yeah. I reckon I'll be right up there. I'm going to need to go and check that out. I reckon I'll be up there. I'm going to have to check. I have to check
3: that out. Who had the biggest head out of me and
0: you? I don't know. Well, that's that's something else. Well, we've got some we've got some clear weeks coming here podcast wise. We could always do that as a challenge
3: big head Are
1: we counting yeah. hair in that measurement? <laughs>
3: no, 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 I don't think you
1: can. <laughs> That does increase things somewhat.
3: <laughs> well, we'll do in a few weeks.
0: <laughs> we'll come on to that. We'll come on to we'll that. We'll
1: come on to
0: that. Right, sorry we've interrupted you.
1: That's all right. Um okay, yeah. So I'm I'm quite glad because I've been I'm in and iron about doing this one for a while, but uh it it ties in quite nicely now. Um so the Royal Berkshire Hospital or the RBH or the Barks or whatever you choose to call it is obviously our local NHS hospital, which is up on kind of London Road, the main entrance on Craven Road. Um, so I am going to go into the history of it, but um, just some current stats for you. Um, it can accommodate 813 inpatients, 627 of which are acute uh, they've got 66 paediatric beds, 120 maternity beds, and on top of that, 204 outpatients. Um, they've got 5,000 people roughly employed, and they have an annual budget of £228 million. Wow. Um, so, obviously, in the current climate with, with what's going on, the RBH is central to to a lot of that. Um I was thinking about how actually it's just quite an integral, integral part in a lot of our lives that you don't even sort of really think about. So as we mentioned, I mean, among other things for myself personally, like I said, I was born there. My son was born there um, and sadly my nan passed away there. But it is a real, really big piece of people's lives in town. Um, so it was opened back in eighteen thirty nine on land that was donated by a local resident and weirdly, the former prime minister, uh, Henry Addington, the first Viscount of Sidmouth um and I assume that's why it's it's Addington Road that's at the top of the hospital, isn't it at and the top of the hill
0: Or Sidmouth Street at the bottom,
1: ah, well there we go, I think it so, surrounds anyway. it, yeah and then redlands road down the other side isn't it uh, coming back saw, down the hill yes. i and, think that...
3: and craven road which i would presume is present named after the former newsround presenter Oh, this is what John i was going to say
0: and country fine
1: oh, i mean obviously yeah <laughs> that must be it <laughs> um it was designed and built by a local architect and builder henry bryant uh, which again bryant's avenue is at the end of my road which ah. i assume that's probably named after him i don't know Gosh, all we're all connections
3: together
0: hugh can i assume um, that you didn't liberate the book of reading road names from the office before we evacuated
3: uh, no no i've got some of the other books but the road names
1: book is there but i'm probably going to go back at some okay, point. okay go get it
0: when you go get it we'll talk about it go
1: get it yeah um so henry bryant won a, a design competition to to build the the bar oh, okay um It was then extended in the 1860s with the the east and west wings built onto the sides by a chap called Joseph Morris. And then, again, in the 1880s, they added a chapel onto the back of it and then the two really long side wings were put on. And it it, it is a bit of a mishmash of buildings, to be honest, isn't it? Different ages, different styles. And then, probably most notably, um, in 2006... Uh, the Queen and the Duke of Edinburgh came to open up the brand new buildings, which that marked the completion of a an eight year project where they merged the battle hospital services into the Royal Barks. Um, so I'm just quite aware that I've called it like all the different things.
0: <laughs> the
1: RBH, the Barks, just depends what mood I'm in. Um, so, Going way, way back in history then, um, so when it first opened, it only had 50 beds. Right. So it was really hard to actually get admitted into the hospital. Um, the way that you could get admitted was, obviously, if you were an emergency case, so if you'd had a, an accident of some description, um, but also via an admission ticket, which was awarded by subs- subscribers who then donated money to the hospital. So it was quite a um, a restricted list, and if you were out of favor with those particular people, then you had uh, no chance of getting in. Oh, which is nuts that's, yeah
0: that's, that's not ideal.
1: It's not ideal, is it? And weirdly that it continued like that because that sounds like such an old-fashioned way of doing things, but it actually stayed like that until the NHS was formed in 1948 so right. wow. It's like it's not what you know, it's whom yeah. you know,
0: <laughs>
1: mm. type of thing. That's um, so, so when it did open in 1839, just going back to uh the current budget of it was 228 million, their annual expenditure when it opened was 433 pounds. Wow, 60 Tom quid Cary's of which, wage. <laughs> and the rest. <laughs> Sixty quid that went on the house surgeon. Twenty seven pounds spent on leeches. Uh ninety-one pounds spent on beer. Sounds right. Yeah. Because what they used to do is uh every day the men folk were allowed to have a quart of beer, a quart being just short of a litre, I believe. <laughs> um and the ladies, we were only allowed half a quart.
0: You're slightly more delicate, aren't you?
1: Well, we're ever so delicate, yeah. <laughs> um, there were various reasons that you were not allowed to go into the hospital. You could not go if you had TB, uh, primary venereal symptoms, epilepsy, measles, scarlet fever, smallpox, itch i'm not quite sure what that is <laughs> a rash it. of some sort i can guess
3: yeah
1: <laughs> yeah uh whooping cough um if it was deemed that you were already dying or you were incurable there's no point coming in um persons who were of a disorder who were disordered in their intellects which is nice Um, No children under the age of seven, unless they'd been involved in an accident or required urgent surgery. (laughs) Right. And people who were in advanced stages of pregnancy. So basically, if you're ill, you're not allowed in. (laughs) (laughs) Which seems a a bit harsh, to be honest. Yeah, it
0: does a bit, ever so slightly.
1: Ever so slightly. So the first admission into the the barks was uh, a chap called george early who was from charville was he late and... <laughs> no, sorry sorry you you won't laugh when you hear his story oh, okay. Right, okay no he was only 15 he was busy working on the great western railway um when he was in an accident and he had a really complex arm fracture oh. in the, in the accident which they couldn't do anything with and therefore he Had an amputation of his arm at the shoulder. So bear in mind that there was basically no anesthetic or very rarely anesthetic until 1846, and this was 1839. He was in fact conscious and restrained, tied to the table whilst the surgeon amputated his arm.
0: Okay, fine. I hope nobody's eating their lunch
1: whilst they're listening to this. I mean, this is both disgusting and impressive at the same time. A surgeon could amputate a limb in 30 seconds. Ooh. I can barely unwrap and put on a plaster in that time. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, that is pretty impressive. Um, and but- during that first five years of the hospital being opened, when the Great Western, Western Railway was being built, they, were, they would dig in... Um, it said in Sonning, so I think it must be that bit of track that kind of goes between Sonning and Woodley, where there's quite a deep, I'm um, say a valley, really. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean, where it yeah. goes under the road and everything? So they were digging all of that out. And um, in that first five years, there were 25 major amputations carried out at the hospital yeah. with a 20% mortality rate, which I think, given the circumstances, 20%... Is, I thought it'd be worse to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I can only hope that once they started the procedure, you passed out pretty quickly.
0: <sighs> yeah, that's, that's, yeah. Mm, I, mm. Oh. 30 that's
1: seconds, what I think, could be worse. Yeah, I mean, 30 seconds is impressive, isn't it? Really?
3: It's not bad. I've got pretty quick this, this this image now in my head of someone almost like chopping logs, like with, an, with a big axe. Ooh, yeah. Is that?
0: I don't know. I think they used saws, didn't they?
1: Did
3: they? 30 seconds. I just,
1: though. um, I just finished reading a month or so ago the new Bill Bryson book called like, the Occupant's Guide to the Body, I think, or something right. like that. And he does go into quite descriptive detail about these processes. I probably won't go into them no, now.
0: We, I think we're okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think that the, that house surgeon, he certainly earned his £60, if that's the kind of procedure he was yeah. having to, to oh. do. And um, I'm not sure just under a litre of beer is enough to, to make up for what those poor people had no, to endure. Think, but there you go. I think I need a bit more. Yeah, just thank goodness that um, there's been such incredible progress in medical procedures in the last 175 years since it opened. Cool.
0: So, yes, yeah, so because I was going to say, that. It's, not, it's not all that far off 200 years old now, is it, In 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 thinking about it?
1: Yeah, it had some big celebrations, yeah. didn't it? Um, fairly recently. Um, yeah, so I thought it might be quite worth mentioning, although when this, by the time this comes out, it will have already happened, but there's the, the show appreciation for the NHS yeah. tonight. Thursday night, isn't there, eight o'clock, when we're all to go out and give a round of applause, which I'm quite interested to see. Yeah. I hope people partake in that. It's going to be and, one of those um, ones
0: we'll see
3: whether, also, whether people go for it or not. Yeah. Also, keep their distance from each other as well while doing it.
1: Yes. Yeah, you just have to I go just, out in your garden yeah. or whatever. <laughs> but there you go. There's uh, a little potted history of the very early days of the RBH, the Barks, the Royal Berkshire Hospital. For whatever
0: you. you want to call it.
1: Whatever you want to call it.
0: Thanks, Rach. Um, we it's all right. We will move swiftly on from this point. Normally, this would be the end of part one, but we have our brand new feature which is called Making the Best of It. So, are we making the best of it? Uh, Hard to know if it's day three or day 11. It really depends on when you started paying attention to social distancing and self-isolation. When did you guys, I think I'm on day 11, technically. What about you guys? I mean, Hugh, yeah. you've been social distancing for years.
3: So. I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually an expert at it. <laughs> I uh, there's no problem with me cancelling my my social uh, no. outgoings.
0: <laughs> um, um,
3: I did actually speak to my friends on a video chat last night, ooh. and I realised I hadn't seen either of them for <laughs> getting on for a year. So, oh my um,
1: gosh,
3: that's <laughs> true. So, uh, <laughs> um,
0: but in the meantime, uh, to cheer things up, here is how. The reading, the real reading podcast team are making the best of it. Um, Rachel, I put you down first. You are making the best of it by doing.
1: Oh well, so I've carried on what I said last week with doing my runs because yeah. that's what Boris said. I'm allowed to go out once yeah. a day for some exercise, so I'm sticking with that. But the the new one this week was that because, um, as you know, I go to rock choir, Cavisham Rock Choir, and. We obviously can't meet up anymore because there's about a hundred of us, um, so and we're not allowed out. Correct. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what we did on Tuesday night was that our choir leader Lucy organised a virtual choir meet up um, via one of the kind of chat room video conferencing type things. So there was about sixty five of us joined this meeting. Nice. <laughs> with our cameras on. People sat there in their pajamas. People sat there with massive glasses of wine. Um, and whenever she tried to uh, unmute us all, it was just absolute chaos. It was just, just crazy. So it was really, really odd having that many people on a meeting. Um, but she, we, we had a good sing song and practiced some of our latest tunes that we've been learning yeah, yeah. and it was really good I, just what I needed because yeah a few we're sort of in uh, the Nemeth house we're just sort of finding our feet with working at home and yeah. homeschooling and being under each other's feet all day every day so to get away from from that and have a good sing for an hour was was really good so that's what i've been doing
0: excellent stuff um Hugh and i discussed this one but both of us are um have have the curly mop and um effectively we are we're, we're thinking about sort of growing out glam rock style Hugh, yeah do Hugh, it Hugh, Hugh's gonna go full brian may and I, uh, I don't know. I'm thinking just, I'm just thinking like full on seventies Bon Jovi, to be honest. Just with a big old. Well, big we're
3: old... both in also in. A, we're both unfortunate not only to have curly hair, it, but also you have you have red hair, and I have grey hair. Yes. And so I will almost certainly end up looking like Brian May, and uh, you and might.
1: Tom can be like... Mick Hucknall.
0: All <laughs> right. Hucknall, yeah. All right. There's no need to be rude.
1: <laughs> I was just thinking of red-headed, curly-haired yes. people. Well,
0: yeah, I think that's about it. What
3: about it? Um, Ed, uh, what's his name? I, I always call him Ed Sheer- Ned Sheeran, but it's not Ned
0: Sheridan. <laughs> Ed Sheeran. Either. What's
1: yeah. his name, Ed? Ed Sheeran. You're Ed so down with the kids,
0: Ned- yeah. Ed- you. <laughs> yeah, he's with it, isn't he? Totally. Is it
3: Ned Sheeran? Who, who is Ned Sheeran? Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran. Is, uh, <laughs> Sheeran. I'm trying to think... Ben Chernin is a... Oh dear. Right. Ben Chirin is an English broadcaster, author and stage director who died 13 <laughs> years ago. Oh, RIP. So yeah. So it's uh I always get mixed up between the two.
0: Hugh, what did you you were talking yeah, about? Yeah, I mean
3: the singer.
0: Aside from that, you were talking about um something else. You had something you've been uh, you've been doing. Not exactly uh, isolating, but certainly social distancing. Okay, you told uh, us you told us you went to the farmers there, so
3: market. Yes, I went to the farmers market. has picked up some very nice produce. First I was visit? certainly very careful not to uh, get too close to everyone else. Yeah. Um, uh, no, I've been been a few times. Oh, okay, um, it was quite difficult to for anyone to try to enforce the social yeah. distancing there. That's what I would say. I i made a conscious effort to deliberately and obviously move away from people to try to get them to do the same but unfortunately we seem to be encountering people who have been quite stubborn about things um uh, so i have i think it's the farmers market is a great thing and it's certainly a great thing if you want to avoid going to supermarkets um but uh, just a little basically people the customers themselves, there are systems in place, and they know what they're supposed to do, but they just weren't they weren't doing it. And yeah. so, and so, everybody just needs to be more aware. And if you're standing in a queue, you need to understand that the the concept of the queue needs to change, and then you need to have a gap between the people, the person in front of you and the person behind you, and um, that's what was happening at the time. I mean, it was kind of the day after we were told yeah. about social distancing. So hopefully it will be better again in, because it's every two weeks. So it's next weekend, the farmer's market. So hopefully people will understand more about it next, next week. But I, it, it's a good thing to go and get your food at, because um, they do homegrown veg and stuff yeah. like that. And there's a and fish as well. You can get fish and, and meat there. So, um, if the supermarket near you has run out, that is an option.
0: Good place but just, to go.
3: Just follow the rules. Don't don't <laughs> be silly. Um, otherwise, the farmer's market will just have to close. Yeah. And we'll, you'll lose all that lovely produce.
1: Okay. With the distancing thing. <laughs> when I went out for a run on the other Tuesday, maybe, I think. Was that the day after? Boris had had made the announcement and I I was I saw very, very few people out. Um those that I did see, I kind of did quite a wide berth, sort of went into the road if necessary and, and stuff just to sort of be aware. But one everybody I saw took it really seriously. One guy was about to come out of his driveway to go for a walk, saw me. And did that really awkward, like reverse back into his driveway and pretend to do his shoe up?
3: <laughs> did um, you have to? Did you have to speed up?
1: up well? Yeah, I did, which was, I. It's not something I can do. I'm already <laughs> going at slightly faster than tortoise pace. I cannot increase any faster than that. Oh, um, and then there was a whole family that, like, shoehorned themselves into a hedge to get <laughs> <laughs> like maximum distance. But then, in contrast to that, last night we went, we picked a really silly time to go out when I finished work at five, went for a walk along the river, and it was like a normal evening. There were so many people. Um, so we probably won't be doing that again at shame. that time. Yeah. yeah Look, I've
3: it... noticed, noticed Rachel, um, when you go for, well, I, I don't go running, I go walking. But um, it's like when you drive down those really narrow country roads and You see a car miles in the distance and you're like, right, there's a person up there. I need to start thinking about which direction I'm going to move in. And hopefully (laughs) they'll move in the other direction so we can both carry on with our journeys and neither of us will have to reverse up a narrow road. It's kind of like that, you know, driving around the back roads of South Oxfordshire
1: now i've just said it out loud i'm worrying that actually the reaction the other night when i was running was nothing to do with the virus it was because of my bright red tomato face they were (laughs) worried there was something else going on i get away from her the weird bright red lady
0: (laughs) okay thanks guys uh that is the end of part one in part two we will move straight into thought explains it all
2: This is Fort explains It All.
0: Welcome back to part two. It is time for Fort explains It All. And Hugh is here to tell us a little bit about what's going on at the Barks, or the RBH, or... The
3: RBH? Yeah, yeah. yeah. More talking about Royal Berkshire Hospital, but this time in the modern day. Yes.
1: We're getting good at these themes, though, aren't we? I know, there's just three in
0: a row, three themes in a row. Not that I can remember what any of the themes were, but three in a row is three three yeah I, I, yeah great let's go
3: I, okay so yesterday which was i have no idea what day it is anymore uh it's thursday it was the day before today <laughs> yeah it's thursday today so that makes it wednesday the royal berkshire hospital issued its latest plan on how to tackle the coronavirus in reading um currently There are 22 patients there who have tested positive and there are 46 awaiting test results as of the time I am now speaking. Um, So they've issued this plan um, and it's quite a sensible plan in that it largely revolves around trying not to get too many people in the hospital, apart from those who need treatment for coronavirus. So there are four key points, reducing the number of people patients visitors and staff on the hospital site uh, increasing and enhancing the hospital's capacity to treat patients uh, to reduce demand so the focus is on the patients most in need of help and to the fourth point is to look after the hard-working staff and make sure they have equipment the equipment and facilities they need um, what's already been done um is that they are offering a lot more virtual outpatient clinic appointments via phone or um, video conferencing Um, they have reduced visiting visitors to one per patient a day Um, they have changed the layout of the hospital to establish different zones to deal with patients different needs and keep everyone safe and we keep those who have coronavirus as far as possible away from those who don't um intensive care has gone up from 15 to 34 beds and um a lot of surgery has been suspended which is understandable unfortunately people who need operations on their knees and things like that are uh, either going to wait or go somewhere else i would i would guess uh, which is unfortunate but understandable
1: Can they Um, use the operating theatres then for intensive care beds? Because they'll have supply of oxygen and various gases going in anyway, won't they? uh,
3: I couldn't tell you exactly what they're doing. Um, This is the information they released yesterday. I am speaking to to the chief executive uh, for more on this tomorrow, on Friday. Um, And the various stories will appear on Berkshire Live shortly after that. Um, i have many questions for him so uh hopefully that will be shed more light on what's happening um so in the next period of time there are more changes coming so again focusing on reducing the amount of people coming to to the hospital uh services other services will be deferred or moved to they've got an arrangement they they've got an arrangement with some private hospitals around the area um, where NHS patients will go for, again, non-coronavirus-related treatments. Um, There wasn't uh, too many specifics about what those are released yesterday. Um, Children under the age of 12 will no longer be allowed to come as visitors, um, which is probably quite sad for them, but again understandable Mm.
0: um
3: and there's going to be more intensive care beds going up to 56 uh anyone who desperately needs surgery may well end up having it at a private hospital as we touched upon um what was interesting about this i thought is that it's quite obvious really the um the demand for uh, a and e is down because right well, one, <laughs> yeah. one, no one's going out on a Friday or a Saturday night, and so the whole nighttime economy-related people needed, you know, people getting into essentially people getting into fights at night, and then needing um, hospital treatment. That doesn't happen. But also, no one's playing sport, so all the football, rugby, and not quite yet, but cricket in a month or. Well, not in a month, which would usually be in a month or so. Yeah. Anyone who gets injured playing team sports would go to A and E, um, but that's not going to happen either because there's no there's no sport. So I uh, shall ask him tomorrow what the A and E department's like there, um, and see what he says. But it's an interesting. Oh, I'd also
1: imagine that because. Uh quite often get things circulating about things you shouldn't go to A&E for where people are quite quick to go there as their first point of call where perhaps the GP or 111 is a better bet. So perhaps those people, I'm choosing my words very carefully, um, perhaps they are not going because they're not allowed to go out. They're perhaps being more considered in how they're approaching things. Potentially,
3: yeah. Of course there's yes, also there's no,
0: there's no traffic accidents there's no uh, pedestrian incidents there's no as you as you say no there's nothing is there so
3: yeah
1: all the DIY of, incidents well, are on the up this
0: weekend I do, you imagine... reckon, do you reckon this weekend DIY accidents might go through the roof or fall through the mm-hmm. roof depending on what sort fall of DIY Fall through
3: you the you roof mean. Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would perhaps guess that they still might be seeing a few children who may have had accidents at home um, while they are at home, but um, I yeah say so yeah I'll ask him tomorrow about what the A and E is like. I think that could be quite quite an interesting thing. So that um, that um, and they're doing the other thing they're doing is very much looking um, to make sure that their their staff are okay. Um, and that includes the frontline staff so that you know the doctors and nurses and all that sort of stuff but even people like um, the people you probably wouldn't think about cleaners porters and the people who do all the paperwork and stuff like that as well who are still frantically working no doubt um, who are doing a no doubt fine job um, but maybe don't don't get quite as much of a mention as the uh, the doctors um, there's there's more being put in place to support them so that keep keep the hospital moving. Is as efficiently as possible.
1: What it's about really... all those volunteer people? You know, the, the people that sort of sit at the front desk and on the junctions of the, the corridors helping people of where to go. And um, well, they'll be asked to not come in because they're I,
3: I don't know, I'm afraid. On that one, I don't know what they're
1: called um, now, friends of the
0: oh, yes, like friends of Royal and that sort of thing, yeah, yeah,
3: know, yeah. yeah. I would guess they've been deemed to be non-essential, um, yeah. so probably told to.
1: But arguably, Stay. if they've changed the layout of the hospital and who's got to go where, then there'd still yeah. be a call for it.
3: True. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. Is I'd, the answer. I'll ask, I'll ask him tomorrow. Getting a lovely who,
1: big list of questions for your man tomorrow, <laughs>
3: aren't they? I know, yeah. I haven't got that much time with him, I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> but, um, I'll have to be quick. He's
1: probably quite busy, to be fair, isn't he?
0: Yeah. <laughs> have have yeah. you mentioned the name of the guy you're meeting, Hugh?
3: Uh, he is Steve McManus, who's the chief executive. And um, I just to be clear, I am talking to him on the phone. I was, that yeah. was going to be
0: my next question. Are you going up there or uh, are, you, are you talking to no. him on the phone?
3: No, uh, I, like. No, I, I very much would be counted as a person who probably would not be allowed into the hospital. So, <laughs> so it's on the phone, which is fine. Um, I I expect I'll get maybe ten or fifteen minutes with him. Yeah. Um, it's already the interview has already been rearranged twice. I think so. Hopefully, <laughs> I'll get him tomorrow. But obviously, okay. he is a very very busy man, and uh, he is. Um, they're all doing the NHS staff are all doing a, a remarkable job. So we need to. Um, yes. We need to always remember that and um,
0: stay at thank home. Them,
3: thank them by doing is what they tell what they ask of us. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, the sooner we all do that, the sooner life might turn turn go back to something resembling normality. But I just can't
1: can't understand why people just aren't adhering to it it's just for a few weeks and it's not that hideous just having to be at home no you've got the supplies at home
0: yeah yeah
1: it, it, you know inevitably you're gonna your family are gonna rub each other up under them up the wrong way after a while as we already are <laughs> <laughs> it's fine just yeah, escape upstairs just, just, for a little while
0: just crack on um thanks very much you um Rach, what, so people who don't know, we do this on a we're doing this on a video call. But Rach, you look like you've got something just to your left there. What is
3: something going on in the left? road?
0: Yeah, you're, you're looking out. You're looking out to your left. I'm oh, just wondering what you're... Uh...
1: there's two things. Firstly, there's
0: oh, it's a cat. I thought it was Zachary Quack with a hat on.
1: But also outside, I can see a man standing on a roof rummaging about in a tree. Oh, so right. He might be one of those few people heading up to A&E fairly shortly.
0: (laughs) Is is this like one of those um, early early bits of casualty where uh, they set the scene? When
1: you can see the accident coming. Yeah. I can't Um, tell what... Oh, there's two of them.
0: Oh, good grief. Are they going to have like a James Bond style um, set two up there, do you think?
1: It looks like there's one bloke stood facing the tree from the tree there's like a branch sticking out that looks like an arm that's waving about so it looks like he's about to have like a boxing match with the tree <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh good grief um that's right me
1: for the afternoon i'll just, just keep inter- watching that see how that pans out so, yeah
0: well thanks very much hugh thanks rach um hugh is hugh is both typing away and uh it's just if anybody doesn't know what the ding-dongs are in the background hugh is uh, working from home in his girlfriend's shop. So it's customers coming in and out of. Uh, oh,
3: can you hear that?
0: Of course, we can hear that. We always hear that. Oh. Every, every one of these hangouts we do, Hugh, we can yeah. hear
3: that. Imagine what it's like when you're trying to chill out on a Saturday.
0: <laughs> okay, well, thank you very much, Hugh. Um, we don't move on now to that. our interview with, which is this week, with John Joe Warwick and Dave Moore, the men behind Are You Listening Festival, and he'll be talking about everything that's going on with the event and what they've had to do in the wake of coronavirus.
2: The big interview.
0: Hi, everybody. Uh, on the phone now, I have John Joe Warwick and Dave Moore from Are You Listening Festival and many other festivals. Now, it's heavy pop, you guys, the, the business you guys run, isn't it?
2: Yeah.
4: Uh, yeah, yeah that's the name we put our shows into, yeah.
0: That's the one. So, how are you doing, guys? Coping?
4: Just about trying not to go mad. Uh, trying to get our
5: weekly exor- daily exercise in where possible, safely distancing all that. Ex- yeah,
0: indeed, yeah. indeed, interesting. Uh, how how does it? How does something like this? It's obviously you know you guys are in events. This is this yeah. is not the time to be running events. So how how has this been? How's it been going for you,
4: Dave? Um, it's been challenging, I think, <laughs> and intense. Very best way to describe it. Yeah, it's a bit, I'll see. Not
0: normal. <laughs> no, it's it's it, it's far from. Um, I wanted to point out to to the listeners. Last time I spoke to you two, we were in the glorious surrounds of Reading Abbey on a beautiful sunny day, talking about Down the Abbey Festival 2019. Yeah. Uh, today could not be more different. I'm in the spare room, um, and you both look like you're in your your front rooms or a very of your yeah. of your respective homes. It, we couldn't be in a more different setting, and I suppose um, that's just the way things are these days. So. I understand. Yeah. Are you listening? Festival, which was your next big event, has been postponed. Can you tell us a little bit about what you've what you've been through over the last uh, the last couple of days?
4: John, uh, do you want to go first? Then I'll...
0: <laughs> yeah.
4: Um, so yeah, we've
5: been kind of keeping an eye on the news since well, I mean, since it got sort of started in December, um, and obviously it's kind of become more and more of a thing. And now in forced lockdown, I think the entire kind of hospitality industry and the events industry is all kind of had to hit pause um, and we've had to do the same. So, yeah, we've had to reschedule shows and we've uh, had to reschedule the festival. Obviously, it's not much of a festival if every single person has to be at home two two metres separate from anyone else, uh, including the bands and all that. It just wouldn't work. Uh, So, yeah, we we can't really stream it. It wouldn't really work. uh, And we're really keen to still do it, have some fun and raise money for Reading Mencap. So we have decided to push it back. To October
4: yeah yeah as, as John just said it's obviously um changed quite a lot the landscape especially in the last two weeks I think in particular like I mean we did a, we put out a statement I think last Tuesday afternoon so we were looking to possibility of maybe moving it and I think like maybe the weekend before that like Monday it was like more like a plan b option and then from the Monday to the tuesday lunchtime things have moved so quickly is that okay well something out and it's probably, it's probably looking more likely we'd have to actually look to properly move it rather than being like a plan B yeah. scenario and then by the time we got to 30 of the friday of that of last week it was a no it was a no brain that we'd have no choice but to move it and obviously as as, as we all know we're now in lockdown anyway so uh um yeah so we were quite um fortunate i think in in, in the sense that um we were able to secure a date with all the venues. That was the most challenging part. Before we were trying to get all the bands, it was just trying to get all the venues to all have the same dates. There were different schedules and there were other commitments. So that was quite, um, well, it was very stressful for me, basically. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so I'm quite relieved, actually, now that like we've managed to secure a new date, managed to secure all the same venues. We've scored pretty much the whole, yeah, over 90% of the lineup. Um Obviously for the new date, it was Saturday 10th of October, and hopefully fingers crossed and toes crossed, there'll be some sort of normality
0: yeah. uh, later in the year. Um just for for anybody that's not familiar with Are You Listening Festival, it's it's quite a unique one, certainly locally, isn't it? I are there are other festivals like it around the country, do you know? But but before you answer that question, um just tell us a little bit about Are You Listening Festival, just for anybody that's not familiar with it.
4: Um so Are You Listening Festival, yeah, it's a multi venue Festival around Reading Town Centre, basically. Um, it's been going for eight years. So this should be our eighth eight one, um, and it raises money for a local lenders' business charity, Reading MenCap, um, who don't get any financial support from Royal Mencap Cap or main uh, MenCap charity. Um, and we've raised about nearly sort of seventy round or well, pushing seventy grand, basically, since we started for the charity. Um, so yeah, so that's that's basically it in a nutshell, really.
0: Um, yeah, and, and, and are you are you familiar, are you aware of sort of other festivals like it around the country? Is it is it something that that's quite common elsewhere, or is it is it fairly unique?
5: Uh, there's a there's a few around the country. So there's a, a massive festival called Great Escape that takes over Brighton for a weekend in May. Normally, uh, and they've just pushed back to next year. But that, that's a a much bigger version of the same thing, kind of by listening on steroids. Uh, and then I guess the big famous one that globally is South by Southwest that kind of takes over all of Austin, Texas. Uh, again, you don't really get one ticket and get to wander around, so it's a little bit different. Um, but yeah, those are kind of the the models I guess we've we've based it on. But yeah, I mean, this year the lineup we had set up would have been about seventy bands and DJs across nine stages. I think so. Yeah. It's quite a it's quite jam packed day. So you get your wristband, you can go anywhere as long as there's capacity. Um, and in theory, I guess you could probably see most of you know you could see one song by thirty bands, or you can kind of at least get. 10 different acts in and quite a few people have, have like a completely different experience because you'll go to different venues at different times and mm. you'll have the same festival, but you will have seen a, you know, a completely different lineup.
0: So obviously, obviously with the, with the postponement, what, what's what been the reaction to people who were planning on attending, attending the event? Um, what What's the situation with tickets and people who've already, who've already purchased them?
4: Um, I think that, I think people were kind of expecting it to be honest um i think some people maybe thought it wouldn't happen at all so i think i think there's a kind of kind of I think, sadness that's happened and the probably a bit of relief and happiness that it's still going ahead um in the terms of the tickets i mean we were up to about two weeks ago we were on course for a sold out festival like it was going really really well and then yeah. uh, obviously you know bigger <laughs> events have, us, have <laughs> taken that over since then um so at the moment like the sales are the same, no one's, as far as I know, there's also refunders yet, and I think a lot of people are to see, but near a time where they can, you know, make it, I guess. Um, and I think as well because we've got the charity element and the fact that the festival's great for a number of years now, we've got quite a loyal festival yeah. fan base. I mean, there's a you know, there's been a few, I've seen a couple of sort of keyboard warrior comments, you know, <laughs> which aren't very helpful, but most people on the whole have been very positive.
5: Yeah, what? I saw um, something today that was, uh, a couple of comments people saying we'll be with you whenever you're ready to go ahead and stuff which was like really heartwarming i think mm. yeah the fact it's for charity the fact it supports loads of local bands and brings in a few bigger ones i think a lot of people want it to happen however it, however it can so i think we've got a fair bit of uh, goodwill
0: excellent stuff it's one um it's one i'd like to get across at, at some point Um being being so so at the moment my uh my my wife is is pregnant at the moment so by the time that the festival comes on and might struggle a little bit more so i was kind of looking forward to, to the earlier one being able to kind of have a good wander around that would have been that would have been quite good but I, I i suspect there's a few people in similar situations but i guess um in terms of dave you mentioned you managed to kind of get most of the lineup to be able to play the later date is that uh so where was i going with that let me think um so yeah is it that was it about 90 percent of the lineup
4: I think it's like I mean maths is not my forte, <laughs> but I think it's probably over ninety percent i think i' am still waiting to hit back um still waiting to hit back I think like two or three acts, but like at the moment, I think we haven't even lost even ten bands like we're pretty much sure everyone is yeah is still there I mean you know ideally obviously well obviously ideally we'd be going ahead in April like normal, yeah um, and I think I was kind of hoping I think we were kind of maybe we'd have more than options with the dates, but it hasn't worked out that way so. Because the deal, going I go. Here's Ioana. Here's like three alternative dates, you know, and then you kind of hope that everyone can all do the same date. <laughs> um, but I think the, the fact that the date we've got and most of the acts can can do it, you know, I'll take that. You know, that yeah. could have been a lot worse. You know, so
0: this is a bit like when you have to send out one of those one of those sheets and you to to the family to try and work out the days that they're all they're all um, they they're all available to get together. And there's always one or two who miss out. It sounds sounds sort of similar to that.
5: Exactly, and you're talking sort of seventy bands. Some of them have got like five or six members, so there's hundreds and hundreds of people to try and get in. You know, venues, the techies, or you know, I'm glad I wasn't involved in doing that. They've, they've, (laughs) I'm sure (laughs) it's put a few grey hairs on
4: your head. Yeah, it was. um, It wasn't the conversations you want to be having with people. You know, in a (laughs) no, it was already a very stressful situation. But I mean, (laughs) there's some, uh, I guess, some solace in the fact that you know, I wasn't the only one in that boat. Do you know what I mean?
0: yeah um how are, how are you guys passing the time at the moment uh just in terms of ob- obviously you know events and and things like that are not and not happening how are you guys passing the time
4: um trying not to go mad i think is <laughs> a is a good one so i mean i mean I, still doing bits and pieces of work obviously um still working on some of the shows we're looking to postpone or, or move and so it's bits and pieces but obviously this work this week has not been a normal working week compared to you know how it would have been so a couple of weeks ago so I think that's what from that I mean I think from my point of view for better or for worse I'm quite I'm used to working quite a lot by myself yeah. so uh, <laughs> I think I'm coping <laughs> better actually with some of my friends who we just go to the office with you know, big offices or whatever every day of the week so, so that's that's something I'm also trying to get my uh, one piece of exercise <laughs> that I've <laughs> <was the> day <laughs> trying to get that in I didn't, actually, I, didn't, I didn't really go out properly yesterday like literally about like five minutes so maybe that counts as two I don't know <laughs>
0: I'm, what no. I'm finding weird is that when you, um, at the end of the day, when you go to lock up and the front door's still locked because you never opened <laughs> it in the morning to go out or anything, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. trying to get my head around that a little bit. But I'm also running out of ketchup, so uh, which is a major concern of mine.
5: That's serious. That's real serious. I'm worried about what I'm going to have to do as far as a haircut. I'm sort of sizing up yeah. my razor and stuff. Am I just going to have to go full, sort of full metal jackets, shaven head or... <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm at the moment so the words, I'm the looking at Argos and I'm thinking right I need to get myself a, a rate a, like a, a shaver and I'm thinking number four number four all over just because it's it's a pain
5: it's a pain <laughs> keep it
0: simple <laughs> um what? John Joe, last time I saw you, we I, I said to you um, it would be great to get you on and co-host the podcast with us, yourself and Dave, and that was when we were down the nags head, and I, I was I was quite impressed when you managed to remember the conversation the following day. But um, I will certainly try, and as soon as we're allowed to, as soon as we're able to, we'll get you in to um, come and co-host the podcast with us, like we did with Pete Wheeler a few weeks ago when he came oh. in and, um, and, and joined us. It would be lovely to have you guys in to do that with us. Is there anything you wanted to add just before I wrap things up?
5: uh just that yeah tickets are still valid we've put tier two tickets back on sale as a kind of thank you to everyone for being supportive so we had gone up to tier three this all happened we've we've yeah. gone back to tier two, um and we're just hoping people will continue to buy tickets uh so that we can go ahead and, and make it a great party i think mm. when this is over everyone's going to want a bloody big knees
0: yeah.
5: up yeah uh, are you listening
0: why not indeed Dave, was there anything you wanted to add?
4: Not really. I think the second what John-Joe says, you know, like, um, so we really appreciate everyone who's already bought tickets and supported the festival and the charity. And and hopefully, um, you know, with things are a bit more normal, you know, we can sort of build on that and have a great October. And, um, you know, hopefully we might be laughing about this in New Year's Eve's <laughs> time, you know, who knows?
0: Oh, do you remember last year when we were all at home? i can imagine yeah. in a year's time we sort of oh, do you remember remember that time we all spent at home by ourselves i wish i'd used it a bit more wisely i reckon that's something we're going to be all thinking about in, in in a year's time but anyway thank you very much guys for coming on and talking to me uh and we'll speak to you soon i hope yeah thanks very much mate and catch you soon. yeah, yeah.
5: indeed cheers yeah, guys
2: the big interview
0: Okay, that was our interview with John-Joe Warwick and Dave Moore, the men behind Are You Listening Festival. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, up next, we have reinstated it because we missed it so much last week. It is everyone's favourite random question. The random question. So, uh, Rach, you, who's got the mug? Uh, you,
1: I'm hoping. I oh. have the mug. Oh. Oh, there it is. There I've
0: he got is.
3: A, I've got a mug. Uh, a, yeah. Actually, no, I don't even have that.
0: So, um, yes, I came up with some more random questions. Uh, I noticed after our meeting yesterday that neither of you came up with any new random questions. Mm-hmm. Just the same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, are you ready? Ready. Ready. Here we go. Um, hang on. I can't hold the microphone and undo it because I've. these are on sticky back. These are on sticky notes, and they I've stuck them together because I thought that was a good idea, and now I've changed my mind. <laughs> oh, okay, right.
1: Watching you on the video, trying to undo that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, can you see that? Uh,
1: mm, not really. Favorite. Favorite song. Oh gosh. It's my
3: favorite song.
0: Favourite. What's
1: that got to do with reading?
0: Nothing. Really?
1: Nothing. Okay.
0: But what's okay. Your, what's the favorite song you've ever had when you've been in Reading?
1: In Reading. Yeah. Just, you know. I always like to have a good sing of Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. Oh, good you chat. know there's certain songs that just pick you right up.
3: Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Um, I, I I want it all by Queen is one of my Yeah. One of my favorite yeah. ones. It's uh, it's got a it's, it's got a lot of things I like in music in that song.
1: Freddie Mercury
0: Anything was sing by Queen, really. <laughs> yeah, Queen comes on the radio and um and we're good to go. Yeah. yeah Freddie Mercury like is quite a talented vision.
3: bloke.
0: Late review quite. there from Hugh Fort, <laughs> quite a talented my, bloke.
3: My dad always refers to him as that so called singer, Freddie Mercury. <laughs> what? Shows my oh dad my knows nothing about pop on music at
0: all. Oh dear, he was in a class of his own, was Freddie? Um,
3: very classically trained singer from a very young age.
0: Has he he got any albums out? Where can we get
3: them? (laughs) Uh, Our Price in in Friar Street.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Virgin Megastore.
1: (laughs) Did I tell you about the the time Zach and I were in a shop and Bohemian Rhapsody came on the radio in the shop?
0: Yeah. No, you haven't.
1: And I said to him, bearing in mind he's four, I said to him, oh, Zach, listen, it's Freddie singing. And he looked at me and he went, Mum, it's not just Freddie, it's Brian and John and Roger as well. <laughs> <laughs> that's my boy. Yes. That's, that, the, uh,
3: that's the second time Brian May's got a mention of this yes. as well. He's doing well, yeah. <laughs> Should we see if we can get
0: him on? He's only, in, he's only over, the, over the border, isn't he, in Surrey? don't think he's that busy. Um, Thanks, that's guys. my
3: favourite. So I haven't answered. Have oh, you not? i, I I don't know what my answer is. I like what I do like. What one of my favourite songs, and it is a combination of something I like in songs, which is epic, ridiculous, over the topness. Yeah. And in terms, is of it, both, it Meatloaf? It, it's not Meatloaf, although bad out of hell. I was going to
0: go bad out of hell. Of, does meet, does meet hell. that? Yeah,
3: does meet that, especially the extended version of. Yes.
0: Um, oh god, yes.
3: Um, but it's actually um, November Rain by Guns N' Roses. Oh, okay.
1: Oh, that which is has, a tune.
3: Which combines Guns N' Roses is sort of what they were, sort of bluesy rock with an, or- an orchestra, including flutes and kettle drums. It's nine minutes long. It finishes with the most epic guitar solo yeah. you've ever heard. And it has the most over-the-top, ridiculous video you're ever likely to see, yes. which includes Axl Rose getting married. <laughs> and then Slash playing his guitar solo in front of a, I think it's a church. It's either a church or a windmill. I think, I think it's, a it's church. A church.
0: It's a church. It's I think. a
3: church in the uh, in the desert. And uh, the question that always arises is, where's well, is his guitar plugged in?
0: Yes. Yes.
3: Because he's in the desert. But he's <laughs> he's fly he's his his big hair is blowing all over the place. There's a helicopter camera circling him from above and you just <laughs>
1: You just think, I've only ever seen you that and en- like enthusiastic before when you've been talking about wrestling or, Oh, I love wrestling
0: or, so. the, or, or the infamous Peter Andre story which I feel like I might almost break out from the podcast that we did it on and then um, put it out as its own special the Peter Andre special <laughs> it is a
3: fabulous story what it about really the story is. I told you the other day Rachel where which we can't possibly broadcast ever I'm afraid about my friend yeah, in His no, trip, trip across America
1: no no
0: oh i don't know this story can we do this later we've
1: already covered amputations on this yeah, episode we yes. don't want to go anywhere else that's going to make people i told it the other day Tom, you're
3: not there i've told it loads of times oh, I can't it remember changes every time because i can't ever remember it <laughs>
0: i can't remember um okay Tom, what's yours oh um well
1: assuming bon, bon jovi no i
0: was so about out of hell meatloaf i think is is one is certainly right up there because when you want it, like i've got loads of songs that i really like but when you want a favourite song you want it to be long you want it, you want to know all the words and you want there to like i think you want there to be a bit that most people don't hear so like meatloaf there's a short version and a long version and and they don't very often play the long version but when you when it then goes <laughs> into the second the second bit that no one ever hears and you know all the words as well and how cool it's, you look
3: just it's one of i'm i'm trying to think of how to explain this but if you uh, were to turn on the radio and hear the long version of bat out of hell playing it's one of a few a, a unique bracket of songs where you know exactly what's happened to the dj <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> one of which is the other one of which is hotel california by yes. the Eagles. it means that the uh the DJs had to go and do a specific act
0: <laughs> <laughs> isn't there a longer version of layla as well i think is yes, there is, is. yes. That's, that's another one, yeah. <laughs> um, the other, the, So I would imagine you were all sat there thinking I was going to say Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi.
3: I don't, yeah. Overrated. I, assumed, I yeah. can't stand Living on a
0: Prayer by Bon Jovi. I think it's mostly because it's overplayed, but it's just, I don't know, just, just, ju- no. You
1: shock me. Sorry, mate. Do you have any songs that, um, like, just get you a bit of moche? So I'm gonna yeah. go, go
2: back <laughs>
1: to uh, "Don't Stop Me Now." I don't, <laughs> I don't know why. Because we sing it at choir, and it's obviously really upbeat, and we've got moves, and it's really like fast tempoed. And then the bit at the end where we all like it's all in harmony, and we're doing the la da 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 da, 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 da you know the bit. And I yes. just like I well up every single time, and I don't know why. It's not it's not significant. It doesn't take me back to something. I <laughs> it just I was, gets the heartstrings was, every time.
3: I was gonna say about how songs remind you of think random things. Yeah. My my favourite one is um Killer by Adamski. You know, the one that sings <laughs> oh, Sung, sung by yeah. sung by Seal. And that song always reminds me of my Nan. Oh. Because because remember it was it was number one for quite a long time. And um, my mum, at the same time that it was number one, was doing a gardening course on Thursday nights. So I used to go to be looked after by my nan, and we used to watch Top of the Pops together, and that would be number one. And every time I every time I hear that song, I think of my 95-year-old grandmother.
5: <laughs> Aww.
3: Aww. That sort of pop, poppy, slightly dancey, trancey, I don't know what you'd call it, really, but uh, sung by Seal. randomly. Good song
0: um there's so so uh, i i have this thing with athlete do you know you know do you know the band athlete that did um, yeah they did a couple yeah. of uh, sort of kind of i want to say like electro pop i'm not sure that's the right the right way of doing it. anyway they've got a, there's a song i bought their greatest hits they, they there's um i think it was um tourist was their was their big their big album with wires and stuff like that and but there's a song on one of their albums which is called black swan and it's called black swan song and um it's one, I listened to it and it's basically about uh, I, th- I think a guy, a soldier in World War II and sort of he's, he's, he's got through the war and now it's all, it's all over and he's, he's, he's going on his last battle and this is probably it for him and it just, every time it gets me just absolutely absolutely and i I don't know why i don't i don't i don't have any particular affinity with the band athlete i quite like them but this one particular song i think because i i thought oh that sounds like that's what it's about and then i watched the video and it turned out it was exactly what it was about and oh it just just completely completely threw me and yeah every time i hear it now i don't put it on very often but when i do put it on i'm like oh yeah just shivers and
3: you just reminded me tom of um a story involving a formal reporter on the Waking times um who always used to she was telling a story once about how she used to get was it, it was either her or her sister i can't remember but um they her sister we always used to have a, a, an attack of the emotion listening to two little boys by rolf harris oh god <laughs> um, this was before this was when, when rolf harris before we knew a national treasure rather than a, before we rather knew. Than a criminal um <laughs> And uh, yeah, she. Uh, I can't remember if it was her who used to that. was unable to finish the song. And the bit, the bit where they can you, they go back and look after each other. Can and you just then, give us the initials? Uh, yes, A.M.
0: Oh, I don't know if that helps me. No, that doesn't help me. Um, okay, we'll talk about this later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Right. Pretty um, sure she won't be listening. No. <laughs> Okay, uh, we need to just finish off. Um, we've got. Uh, we thought we'd just finish off with some positivity, um, Hugh. If you could do some musical accompaniment with your with your doorbell, that would be lovely. But we do have ding some. Sh- dong, ding dong.
3: Ding we do have some dong, positive
0: dong. news. Um, so on Facebook, on our Facebook group, the Real Reading Podcast Facebook group, I've had three responses to my request for positive news. Uh, friend of the pod, Steve Lutwich, Lutwich says currently enjoying regimented family exercise to Joe Wicks at nine a.m. every morning. So you know. Is that positive? I think that's positive. Um, Paul Smith- Yes,
1: hardcore. That's yeah, what that is. Rich yeah. and Zach have been doing it, and they are <laughs> shattered. Um,
0: Paul Smithson says uh, Disney Plus and Mandalorian, which I think is the Star Wars thing, which uh, at some point I'm going to sit down and watch as well, because we've just got Disney Plus in here. Um, and <laughs> Linda Fort. Linda Fort. I'm going to read this in full here. Um, I've been sowing seeds indoors because the soil is still a little cold and thinking about tidying my cupboard under the stairs. I don't know how long this crisis will have to go on before I actually do it. I've been working my way through old parks and recreation episodes, great for those of us with an unnatural fondness for local government.
3: Oh, yes. Do you want yeah. to hear some I... of the
0: um, Twitter ones? Sorry, you Hugh, you, you were going to say something about your mother.
3: I uh, was just going to say that that cupboard under the stairs hasn't been tidied for about 25 years, so... Uh, it's quite a big task. I wonder if it's still got her. My mum used to have, do you remember those old word processing things which had a fold-up screen? Yep. And you used to type on them and then they'd have, I think they had the printer built into them as well. <laughs> she had one of those. I wonder if that's still in there, in the cupboard.
0: Do you want to hear uh, some of the Twitter ones?
3: Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so
0: sorry. The, the way this works is that I say something and you respond to it. Oh, just... <laughs> right,
3: yeah. Oh, right. Sorry about that. Yeah,
0: didn't realise. <laughs> um, so our old mate, Stir, uh, says, I've mostly been writing science fiction about Chris Tarrant doing battle with Sir John Medeski in a future version of Reading. It's worked wonders keeping my spirits up. I'd recommend it. I'd recommend trying it. <laughs> Five stars.
1: Who'd win that battle?
0: I don't know. I mean, I mean Mr. Tarrant is a little younger and quite tall. I reckon, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I reckon, oh, I don't know. I couldn't call, I, could, I wouldn't want to call it. I wouldn't want to call it. Um, Councillor Ashley Pearce says, I bought three mini footballs for my 14-month-old twins to play with. They've not really been interested, so have just been kicking them around the living room. I suspect that's one of those purchases, Ashley, that um, you bought for yourself, really, didn't you? Come on. <laughs> Let's be honest. Um we have
1: been watching a lot of retro football in our house have with you? Sky Sports, yeah, being yeah. out.
3: Oh yeah, I,
0: I
1: mean, just reliving the glory I, I, years of United.
3: I'd like to have a little rant about Sky Sports as well, as well, because there's no sport, right? Um in if i was in charge of sky sports i'd be dishing out the classics the great game the old world cup games the old fa cup games the classic and things that everyone remember what all i can find on sky sports at the moment is highlights of the premier league about two years ago that everyone (laughs) can remember why can't i have england beating the all blacks in 1992 yeah that's what i want why can't i have england five germany one yeah you know that sort of stuff not Slightly old football that we can all remember involving players who still play for those same teams. Oh look, Sergio Aguero scored a hat trick two years ago against <laughs> against Watford. Oh look, he scored a hat trick against Watford this year as well. Great. We don't want that. Come on, Sky, sort it out. Uh, <laughs>
1: yeah. Um,
0: I see. I, I saw uh, I saw someone posted the other day, and I'm well on board with this. I want the entire at full length. Over three weeks, 2012 Olympics replayed live on BBC One. Just put the whole thing on. Just move, move the schedule, change it all over to the Olympics, so we can all get that that great feeling of of those three weeks in 2012.
3: Can we not have? Can we do it without dressage? Like, because no one likes that.
0: Yeah, but we have got gold in dressage, so it counts. Well,
3: uh, I don't really want to watch fencing
0: either. I yeah, okay. We can. I think we. I don't think we did very well in fencing. So no offence to that. any.
3: No, no uh, offence to any fencers listening. Eh? Can I finish hey, hey. these off?
0: Can I finish these off? Um, sorry. sorry, Hugh. I've let you have a rant. Yeah. <laughs> um, sure. Elm Park, Paul Man at Elm Park Royal says, I'm destroying the treadmill on a daily basis. At this rate, I'll be fitter than Anthony Joshua by the end of the virus. That's one way to uh, to go for it. Um, mm-hmm. Rodders at Stand and Deliver Comedy Club says, we are uploading loads of stand-up to our YouTube to keep people entertained. So head over to their youtube page that'd be very good now i'm gonna to have to attempt to uh pronounce this and i hope i do it i hope i do you justice uh valdemar janashak uh, is trying to learn to play the guitar and he's left us a video uh i'll try and um i'll try and get the video on here next week so we can have a listen he's re- i think he's got a song called isolation blues it's apparently a karaoke version so that should be quite interesting. And <laughs> finally, this one is another exercise one for us. At Tireless Runs, which I think is probably Tireless Running Group. Still sending out training sessions our runners can do on their own. Key messages. We are now Tireless Runs responsibly. Very good. Uh, social distancing and hand washing are more important than anyone's run. Time outside is precious and important. Would you agree? Yes. Yeah. Good. Thanks, Um All right. We'll finish off. In the meantime, uh, here is Jeremy with how you can get in touch with us.
2: Get in touch with the team. Email hello at uk. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at realreadingpod and join our Facebook group by searching Real Reading Podcast.
0: Thanks very much, Jeremy. Don't forget, if you know someone we should be speaking to on the show, please do get in touch via Facebook or Twitter. If you have a moment, please also give us a rating on your podcast app, and if you have time, submit a lovely little review. We will be back next time. Next time? Next week. One day I'll get this right. Next week for more Renningy podcast goodness. Bye!
2: listening to The Real Reading Podcast.